Hey everybody, welcome to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton and I am excited that you are here. Happy New Year 2021. We made it through 2020 and we're facing a new year of Jesus only knows what. <laughs> but we can face it with with expectation and with hope because he is with us and he is for us and what a great episode to start the year with. I'm finishing my conversation with Karen and Mickey Stonier where we start talking about their book, Get Out of Control. And I tell you what, when we step into a year like we are now, coming off of a year we just came off of, the first thing we really should do is surrender control so that we can receive the things that God has in front of us, that we can lean not on our own understanding We can cast our cares on Him and trust that He is with us in all of it, present, moving, and redeeming. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, that you're encouraged. Sit back, relax, get out a journal, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. Karen, tell me about Get Out of Control. So... How it came about is working with you for years in women's ministry and individually with women, college girls, high school girls. I often found and saw this struggle with people trying to be too controlling, whether it was with a family member, a co-worker, you know, an elder woman who has a 30-year-old child still trying to control that married child yeah and so I just ran across this constantly and and I had recognized some things in myself but really didn't think I had a problem with controlling at all because well I was I was such a good helper like I like to help people but as I began this journey I wanted something small that people would read Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't I didn't want a big book I'd read several books there's a Dr. Parrott he He is a therapist, and he wrote a book about himself, Control Freak, and he is a control freak, Hmm. and he's a therapist. So it was interesting. read several books, and I wanted something simple that I could hand somebody and say, this might help you. And that's what it was birthed from, is a desire to help people recognize it in their own life and then to allow God, you know, to work in those areas as he pointed it out in me and started to show me those things and so I just began to write from my own experience from the many women that I had worked with and wanted a basic simple uh, little booklet or pamphlet and uh, through the divine appointment there was a gentleman praying for us who's prophetic who really hears God and he was praying at the end of a class that we had taught and he said I see a book for you, too. And at that point when he said that, I knew it was no longer something that I... But we, it was supposed to be joint, so it could be for men and women. Yeah, it's good. And have the male perspective, and even he brought in leadership aspects of being, you know, micromanaging and controlling. And yeah. So it was a joint effort then to write a little handbook on helping people, whether it's at work at home, relationships, with the Lord, to just let go. Let go. Yeah. Yeah, because what's the root of control? Fear. 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 Yeah. 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 Well, we, from childhood, we need to be loved and 
Safe. Safe. Safe, yeah. And when that's been violated, then you, you know, the fig leaves go around to hide. I can't let people know who I really am. Yeah. So we hide back. So we tell our stories, her stories in there, my stories, things we've struggled through. uh, But ultimately, to not be defined Mm -hmm. by, you know, these wounds of our past mm-hmm. to be free and to find that that freedom mm, good. and that ultimately safety and love come from god yeah you know, through i'll never faith. leave you i'll yeah. never forsake you i'm with you always to the end of the world when you can yeah. really grab hold of that to yeah. know that wow these are not just good thoughts no it's reality it's reality and, and the power and the i mean we have so many miracles i personally yeah. uh We've seen, I've seen people come back from the dead that were dead for 20 minutes at a hospital, prayed, left, and then the family calls me and the doctors all there say, this is a miracle. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone just totally gone coming back and having them tell me what, where they were, what they saw. And then my wife had a, a, a ligament tore from her shoulder. Um, you know, had surgery, was going to need a second surgery. She couldn't end up lifting her arm. So I had rotator cuff surgery, and after six months of therapy, I could only lift my arm up to my chest level. And so they said, we have to go in, break up the scar tissue, we all these procedures in order to get more movement out of it. And we had a group over uh, just listening to the Lord and praying for each other, and a gentleman, young man, came in, and sat in my group of five, and at the end of the evening, he spoke up and he said, you know, I walked in this house, first time he'd ever been in our home, and he said, my left shoulder hurt. He said, I think I'm supposed to pray for somebody here that has a shoulder problem. (laughs) Well, the little group of five in the living room, not the other groups around the house. And I was like, that's me. In two weeks, I had scheduled the second surgery to... um, so I could have use of my arm. And he just said a simple prayer, put his hand on my shoulder, prayed that God would break up the scar tissue, release the movement of it. And so I tried to lift it and nothing happened. He said, let me just pray again. And he just prayed again, Father, we ask you to, to break that up, to bring movement to her arm. He said, try to lift it again. And I lifted and it went all the way up. <laughs> I was like, I was walking around the house, my arm swinging my arm. I can move it. Well, she went back to the therapist, everyone, and they were like, oh, that's the physical, a therapy. physical yeah. therapist. That's a miracle. I mean, they had documentation and, and canceled so the surgery. Yeah. yeah. But I got, I was teaching at one of the local universities at night. I got home at like 10 o'clock and I opened the door and there she is in front of me. She goes, honey, Sweet. look. She's going like this. I was Waving like, her arms. oh my goodness. You know, that's amazing. God is faithful. And yeah. Of course, all the pastors of the church had prayed for her, and sure. nothing happened. <laughs> I prayed for her. He had to get me out of the room, and, you know, no, well, just and, kidding, but and, this young guy. And that's the mystery, mystery even of, God, of his yeah. timing, the healing. His there, there were so many people who we have seen, they have the gift of healing, like the gift of teaching or evangelism, and they pray for people, and so many people receive healing yeah. from them. Yeah. And I had gone to many people for prayer before this first surgery and after the surgery. And that's the mystery of God that we won't know, because I'm sure some people listening 
Well, I prayed, but, you know, my mom died of the cancer. Yeah. And, yeah. and how come some people are freed? And so... Yeah, I would love... <clears throat> I'm glad that you brought that up, because I would love... We actually had a conversation a little over a year ago up at Hume Lake. We ran into each other. We were at two different yes. events. So it's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> about the whole thing about healing. So, you know... You, you know, in the early, in the Jesus movement days, that was a supernatural move of God. A lot of of what was happening or manifesting in terms of the spirit was these miraculous yes. healings and these things that were happening. And there's several moves in history where just this supernatural stuff happens. And then there's long periods where you don't see the miracles. You don't see stuff happening. And so then you have an entire generation that maybe lives with stories or whatever, and they're very skeptical. And then the church can be very divided on, yes. you know, there's the side that's like, signs and wonders, there has to be, you know, there has to be a miracle in order, for, you know, that to prove that God's here. And then there's some that are like, nope, that died with the early right. church, that miracles don't happen now. The reality is, first of all, God is God. He doesn't need to explain himself yes. to anybody. Yeah, um, if sure. he wants to heal, he's going to heal. But you and I, myself and a lot of friends, we've we've witnessed miraculous healings. For, you know, people being raised from the dead. It is interesting that some of those grander miracles, especially in other countries, like people are getting raised from the dead all the time, right? <laughs> right. Constantly, the blind see, the blind the see, walk. like lots of lots of things. But um, yeah, I would love. Because you guys are um, on staff at a giant church in San Diego, the Rock Church, and you've had to navigate kind of the all the opinions and the, the all of that, you know, into like as church leadership, you know, you're part of people stewarding the church big C right now. And as we shepherd and lead people, how do we lead them to have a, a great expectation of just biblical normal? That that, Jesus, that's it. It's biblical, biblical normal. normal. But in that, accept the my- grand mystery of yes. God, right? So I, I interviewed a beautiful woman, season two, who was in stage four pancreatic cancer, who was a miracle. She was alive when I interviewed her and was so confident of her healing. And she's with Jesus right now. And she, I would argue that she's healed. And she believed that too. Last week, I interviewed a friend of hers who... Um, has had glioblastoma, which is right. always stage four. She was told she would live 15 months. She's been 42 months. She is wow. right now cancer-free, and she's a miracle. And even talking to her about her faith and knowing that she was saved, but then also survivor's guilt. And, uh, you know, they were in a, a group right. together praying for one another and believing for miracles together. And so there's that great juxtaposition in the middle of this walk of faith and redemption is messy and not, it's all sort of things. So yeah, I would love yeah. for you guys to speak to that with your experience and life. And Well, God is God. Yeah, it's good. And the Bible testifies of healing, the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit. And so he, we have to go with what God says. Yeah. And what God says is if we believe and trust and ask and knock uh, will receive. Yeah. He doesn't say, but if not, he, he doesn't cover that subject. Yeah. So our emphasis, uh, you know, I believe everything in the Bible is true. And I believe everything the Bible says happened can still happen because God doesn't change. 
And so we believe, we trust, but God is God. Yeah, and so good. I don't have to say, well, you know, God heals, but if not, yeah. you know, he'll use your doctor. Or if not, because the Bible doesn't say that. We can only say that God heals and yeah. pray accordingly. Right. And if he doesn't, I just keep believing, keep trusting. And if he ultimately doesn't and someone goes to heaven, God is God. Yeah. I don't have to explain him. I don't have to justify or try to defend God. All I know is what is revealed and what God says, and that's what we go with. And it's not yeah. based on how great my faith is. That's what I was going to say. It's because based on who God is. Yeah, and that's good. I just live. And there are many mysteries of why things don't happen. You know, I wrote a book several years ago, you know, God is now here. Or you could read the title, God is Nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's the why question. Right. And ultimately, mm-hmm. God is God. And we have to trust and believe that his ways are way beyond ours. And don't have to explain. Don't have to defend. I don't have to justify. Yeah. I just believe what the Bible says. And we live in God is glorious. But, yeah. but again, that comes back to like the two friends that one made survive cancer and one died is that the relationship that we have with God and who He is, that whether He takes somebody or heals someone, how we navigate that painful time goes back to our relationship with Him because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the yeah, evidence of things not seen. Yeah, it's good. And so where is my faith when my friend died and and where and I survived? And so yeah. I have to know that it's not faith isn't based on what I know or what I do or what I think. But it's on who he is. And if I know who he is from the scriptures and his promises that he loves us, Mm -hmm. he cares about us, the number of our hairs, head of our hairs is numbered, that I don't understand the situation, why she was taken and why I wasn't, but he loves us. And so what I do know, I go back to what Mm -hmm. I do know, not what I don't know. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, and I think too, you know, we always think we know what we need. Yes. <laughs> but God's love for us goes beyond our awareness of what's our what's in our best interest, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And so healing can mean a lot of things. Yes. Right? Yes. And what we define as healing and what Jesus defines yes. as healing. And what he's accomplishing. And what he's accomplishing yes. can be very different. Yeah. And again, that goes back to getting out of control yes. and letting go and, yes. tre- and actually trusting him. Yeah. And, and being honest when we don't. Because I think that's the other thing, too, is, is God is a safe place and he mm-hmm. knows. He knows our, our fallibility. He knows right. our weakness. He knows that... Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yes. And you look at Saul and David. The difference between the two of them is David understood that. Yes. Pre-cross, yes. under the law, yeah. which blows my mind, he understood the character and the love of God. So good. That yeah. he was a safe place. He understood that he could do the most vile things, right. but if he humbled himself and repented... 
that gift was an invitation of restoration. And Saul just didn't understand that. Saul just kept trying to prove something and then ends up killing himself. But the, the, the nobility or the integrity of each man wasn't, there was not a whole lot of difference. It was just one seeing and trusting and believing in who his God was. Boy, are you awesome. <laughs> I love how you think you're such a great teacher. Communicate. This podcast should go viral. Everyone should be listening to this. No, and two, I have to say, because you you know God's story and God wrote yes. the story for us and you know yeah. these stories. We look at people like David, we look at people who went through these Moses, the things that they went through. Poor Joseph. Yeah. That that was so unfair. I know. You know, but you we have these. He gave these mm. to us and that we can help navigate our lives and see look how faithful God was even to Joseph through the the betrayal of family. Yeah. And yet he was steadfast and trusting in God even when life didn't make sense and yeah. when it wasn't fair. This yeah, is good. our next book. Yeah. <laughs> my my granddaughter, my grandkids, uh, family, we get together as family. We play a lot of games. I was a youth pastor, so we had yeah. games. And, you know, the telephone game where you start a story or we're driving in the car, we start a story, and the next person, well, my granddaughter, we were in Catalina as a family after dinner. She goes, I have a game. Let's play Fortunately Unfortunately. She made this up. <laughs> and she was, how old, 10 at the time? About 10. And so we sat in a circle, and you started the story, and but the next person had to say, but unfortunately, and make it go negative. That's And funny. then the next person would say, but fortunately. That's amazing. And so I actually use this as an example in my chaplain trainings I do for crisis intervention. And so I, I tell the story. I say, hey, up in Huntington Beach, there was this family on vacation, and they were out swimming in the ocean, warm summer water. And the dad swam out past the surf and got bit by a shark. And then the next person has to say, but fortunately, fortunately, and they tell a story. And it's hilarious. People laugh. And they come with all these scenarios, fortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately. And after they've all shared a story and everyone's laughing, I go, it's actually a true story. Family from New Jersey was out summer vacation the dad got bit on the backside but survived, was rushed to the hospital. They stitched him up, and they canceled their vacation, headed home. He was so traumatized. But after he healed up, the pain just got worse and worse. Hmm. Finally, he goes back into the doctors. They can't figure it out. They do a, a, a MRI and find a tumor on his kidney that caught it very early that normally isn't even diagnosed till it's far too late yeah and did surgery and the article in the paper i saw the news article said shark bite saves man's life good and i know so many stories from car accidents where someone's rushed into the hospital they end up having to do surgery and they find Mm -hmm. a major problem with the heart that they're able to repair where that person would have died. Fortunately, unfortunately. That happened with my uncle. So um, my mom, as you guys know my story, and um, one of these days I'll share it on a podcast, but, you know, my mom was an alcoholic my whole life and um, all of that. And my mom's sister's husband, my uncle Bob, was a 
terrazzo layer, you know, burly guy, and and he didn't know Jesus either. And the joke with those of us who came to Jesus was the day that Uncle Bob and my mom know Jesus, Jesus is coming back. Yes. That that kind of thing. And my uncle was um, at a construction site, fell off a ladder or something, and did something to his shoulder, needed surgery. Because of that, they found that he had blocked arteries and would have died of a heart attack. As they were doing bypass surgery... They found that he had cancer that would have killed him. So same thing. Like if if he wouldn't have fallen off of that ladder. Well, that kept him alive for, I think, at least a year or two to the point that my mom ended up in the hospital um, dying. And that's a whole other story about her alcoholism. And she... Um, went into, we did an intervention. She went into detox. She went to Calvary Ranch. She did yeah. come to Jesus, but just again, kind of back to that lack of understanding of emotional yeah. and mental yes. health at the yes. time. Absolutely. There was no um, infrastructure to really help her through. Once you're sober, now you have to process not only what God did for you to how to yeah. receive it and how to heal and how, how to face the reason you started drinking to begin with. So there was none of that set up. So she um, was drinking really fast right away and retreated from God and us and um, just kind of disappeared. And six months later, found her and she was had basically drunk herself to death yeah. and was in the hospital. So we're in the hospital and we, my uncle was in cancer treatment. His prognosis was really good. He wasn't life threatening, but he was in the middle of radiation treatments. And we went to visit him at the hospital to share with him what about my mom, first of all, but then also to share with him what God was doing in the yeah. midst of it. And, um, he just cried, and oh. then Norm asked permission to pray for him, and he prayed wow. for him. It wasn't like a pray to receive yes. Jesus; it was just pray for Prayer. him. Come, and then exactly one week, so my mom passes away. One week later, my uncle goes in for a routine um, radiation. They went in, they prepped him for it, they left the room, they came back, and he died. Oh my wow. goodness! And f- come to find out, his son, my cousin, was able to lead him to the Lord right before oh. that. But it was almost like the Lord kept him alive long enough for my mom to die so that we could share God's love with him. Yes. Yeah. That we could share God's love about what redemption actually looks like. Because yes. everything about my mom's death was apparent from a world perspective was what a tragedy. You know, this is a terrible you know, loss. What a waste of a life. But this redemption that came in through it and what God, how God met me. It's another story, but God did miraculous things. And when you walk through something like that, your faith changes. The word of God that we talked about already, Mm -hmm. right? The powerful word of God versus like all things work together for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. These verses that we can, we can actually do damage with when we use them flippantly or out of mm-hmm. context or we don't understand. But then in the middle of that, you realize, oh my gosh, it's true. It is. It's true. Yes. That's, that's, it's not a Hobby Lobby, you know, <laughs> right. decoration that you buy. It is truth and it's deep and it's wide and it's, it's yes. painful sometimes and it's well, messy sometimes. Bible is messy. It's, it's, it's excruciating, right. but it's redemption. Yes, right. God is using well, all these amazing men and women yeah. whose lives are totally messed up. Yeah, I mean, the whole so story good. of the Bible 
when you think you've messed up, just read the Bible. Because every single person, God doesn't hide any of the garbage. He doesn't. And their lives we don't do. deserve. Yeah, we, we try to cover and that's it up. What reli- that's what lit- right. religion turns into, right? Yes. We gather yeah. and we, we, we do our sanitize best to sanitize yeah. everything. Yeah. And that's that's what hurts people, right? That's what, yeah. you know, there's a whole generation I've, I see now, a whole generation of, of younger people, you know, especially that grew up in church that are walking away because they were so hurt by that. Mm-hmm. Sweeping under the rug. Everybody's tripping over the bodies that are under the rug. <laughs> rug as they come in right, right? Yeah. and that's not an indictment it's not an accusation right, that's right. a you know we're all uh, we're all weak we're all broken and and we do these things again to kind of cover up with self-protection it's get out like, of control right yeah. but i want to go back to your uncle's story and your mom's because as i listen to that i i can see myself and other people thinking possibly um that's awful or this is terrible and and this perspective of we lost her she died too early and he you know now he's not gonna be at the wedding of his children and all of these things these perspectives and yet again if we can look up and realize that the worldly perspectives what we have been groomed from little kids to believe and think and see situations yeah. with this perspective. We started a little phrase within our family when different things happen. It's like, how do we know? Yeah. How do we know that, look at your, your uncle got saved because of what happened through your mom, that God was restoring and redeeming. And to look at whether it's a flat tire or something like cancer, how do we know what God's doing? There's this whole spiritual realm in which he's always lovingly actively working absolutely so good yeah i mean even even in that those last days with my mom in the hospital and and, you know keep in mind she was a an alcoholic so self-inflicted uninsured Mm -hmm. you know this was in 98 i gone through a lot of things with my grandparents in hospitals. You don't get great. You have to advocate for yourself. You don't get a private room. And the second day she was there, she was in a private room. Somebody had washed her face and braided her hair and put flowers in the room. It wasn't any of us. Um, There was just such a demonstration of, even in that, the Lord going, she's mine. And I woke up that next day after she went into the hospital, and I remember waking up and going, Lord, I don't see you anywhere. I don't get this. I don't get it. Like, I had my mom back for, I had my mom for the first time for, like, two weeks, and then it's over, and here she is, and I don't see you, and I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in her hotel room. By this time, she's comatose. We're just basically waiting. Her organs are shutting down. And it was just her and I, and... You know, I just had this encounter with the Lord that was the most profound I've ever had. And it, the whole, he, God just said wow. audibly, I'm, she's mine. Um, like, I've got her. She's mine. Yeah. And I looked at her, and you know, there's there's a, a parable that I never understood and always made me mad. And it's the parable of the vineyard owner. And he goes out yeah. and he hires someone at 9 and at noon and at 3. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he pays them all exactly the same. Yeah. And they're like, that's not fair. I've worked eight hours. <laughs> right. They worked two. And he's like, it's my money. I could do with it what I want. That's the end of the story. Love and I'm story. always like, this is ridiculous. And I sat in that room by myself and I turned around and I said, you're getting paid. 
<laughs> you're getting, yes. you've done nothing. Excuse yes. me, you've yeah. done nothing. Yes. And you're getting paid. And you know yes. what? I'm so okay with it. I'm yeah. okay with it. I get it. Yeah. That's grace. Because that, that yes. is grace. That is mercy. That's God's love. love that is relentlessly yes. pursuing us. Yes. Even when we're clueless and we yes. don't get it. And so whatever we're facing, right. if our kids are struggling or whatever the, the darkest things that are happening, God is present Yes, and he's a redeemer and mm-hmm. he's a pursuer. Mm. Always. Always. So good. Always. Always. So good. Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Mickey and Karen's faith. God is a relentless pursuer. He is a redeemer. Whether we can see him moving or feel like he's here or not doesn't change the reality of his presence, doesn't change the truth of his word, doesn't change who he is. Even in the darkest places, he is there. He's moving. He's speaking. He's redeeming. He's pursuing. So Holy Spirit, come. Father, I pray for your presence right now in Jesus' name, and I just command all opposing spirits, voices, opposition to be silenced right now in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you and we confess our fear. We confess our need for control and Lord we repent and renounce the spirit of control in any agreement we've come into with control or fear in Jesus name we just say no the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee so in Jesus name we resist the temptation to fear and to control And Father, I pray that you would give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you. The ability and the desire to recognize your redemption, your movement, your pursuit. Lord, would you bless every heart that is listening right now. Would you cover and wash every mind? Would you surround every heart with your presence and your peace? I ask right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you have been encouraged. If you want to check out Mickey and Karen's book, Get Out of Control, you can click the link in the episode notes, or you can go to Amazon and search it, or uh, the new Stockton Ministries website is going to be launching in a couple weeks, and I'm going to have it available there on the resources page. If you would like to support the production of this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries, you can click the donate link in the episode notes or go to my website, genastockton.com and click the donate button in the top right corner.
As always, the best advertisement is you. If you feel like someone would be encouraged by this podcast or other episodes, would you just share them? Let them know. Post it on your story. Tag us. Rate and review us in iTunes. All of those things help get these testimonies and these stories and these encouragements out to people to build their faith and encourage them in their relationship and dependence on Jesus. I hope you have an amazing week, that you have an amazing year, that you would lean in to the lover of your soul, that you would listen for his voice, that you would look for him. He is present, he is pursuing, and he is redeeming always.